Hey, welcome back to Progress Over Perfection. I'm the co-host along for this journey, Russell Fugit. So excited for you guys to be here. Thank you so much. Over three episodes, we have over 200 cumulative listens. If you are just finding this podcast, go back, check out episode one, two, three. This is episode number four, Getting Skinny and Wild. If you listen, please leave us a review, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We're going to be joining a couple other platforms very soon with this podcast. Uh, Audio Max Stitcher will be joining uh, us pretty soon. So I'm excited to have you along for this journey. So without further ado, here is episode four of Progress Over Perfection. Enjoy. So welcome back, babe. Welcome back. All right. So we uh, (laughs) just left off, you know, episode three, your second divorce. So now Mm -hmm. that's, um, you know, behind you, you're officially divorced again. Uh, What what happens next in your journey? Thank you for asking. So after my second divorce, honestly, guys, I felt like a complete failure. I had two failed marriages. I was in a horrible place financially because everything was in my name. And he left me in such a hot mess (laughs) place. Um, At this point in my journey, I am in my early 30s. I have two failed marriages. I don't have any kids because I've had a lot of issues around that. And the foster kids have now returned to their birth mother. Um, Honestly, I didn't really want to live anymore. I didn't feel like I could do marriage again. I sucked at that. That that didn't work very well. Uh, I couldn't have kids. So what was the purpose in, in a committed relationship moving towards marriage when the one thing I wanted, I couldn't have. And honestly, my trust was really bad. I didn't trust anybody. So it was a very, very low point in my life. Uh, I also felt like God had completely turned his back on me. I was angry with God, and I felt like this whole Christian thing was a joke um, because I was raised to believe the Bible. And one of the verses that I always claimed was Psalms 37, 4, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I have been taking delight in the Lord. I've been serving the Lord. I remain faithful. And I had an expectation as if God is Santa Claus in the sky (laughs) to give me the desires of my heart and to give me what he owed me because Mm. I delighted myself in him. And because I hadn't received those things, I was angry. And I started to question everything that I believed. Um, I wasn't really involved that much in church anymore because I had been removed from leadership and serving and anything to do with church because of my ex-husband getting caught cheating with another woman in the church. And honestly, people didn't really know what to do with me. Um, And maybe rightfully so. I was twice divorced and they, you know, didn't know the details around what had happened. I really wasn't allowed to share. I was trying to protect my family's reputation and not put them in a bad light. And so I was very private. So people were left to think whatever they wanted and gossip and make stories and assumptions um, that probably weren't true. It's it's really interesting. After last episode, I had 
I'd been contacted by someone that I was in church with during that time. And she had no idea that I had gone through all that. She had seen me. She had seen me serve, sing on the worship team, you know, do all the things. And she just listened to our last episode and reached out to me because she was sad. She didn't know I was struggling. She didn't know I went through all the things that I went through. And it was almost like a wow, I'm really sorry you went through that alone. And that's where I was. I was really, really alone. So I had pretty much stopped going to church except holidays or important events um, because I just didn't feel connected there anymore. I, um, Being that I work from home, I don't really have a lot of coworkers. They're kind of spread out around the country. And without having church as an outlet and, and a means for friendship and not having coworkers that I go to work with every day that I could be like, hey, you want to go out after work? You want to go to dinner or something like that? I didn't have that. I did not have a support system. And I was desperate for friends and community. So I reconnected with some coworkers from a previous job where I did work in an office with local coworkers uh, and some church friends that I had grown up with. And we started connecting and started hanging out. Um, I went out with them. I was around 32 at this point, went out and had a drink for the first time. Yes, an alcoholic beverage for the first time at wow. 32. I did not drink, not even champagne at a wedding. You know, it just wasn't my thing. I, I would always say, I don't like how it tastes. Um, but yeah, I, will, I will be honest at 32 when I discovered something that I liked how it tastes. I definitely started making up for all the years of not um, <laughs> drinking and, and doing all the those type of things. Um, I had never really been to a bar or a club, unless you want to count karaoke at Applebee's. <laughs> well, you can sing. I mean, yeah. Applebee's had karaoke. Yes, karaoke uh, at Applebee's. It was quite fun. And then I know there was a. It was quite. Fun. It was quite yeah, fun. It was, it was splendid. <laughs> I'm sure it was a splendid. Don't make fun uh, of me. Just a, just a wholesome. You know evening what? At I have Applebee's. never experienced yes. like going out and doing singing it. and eating good in the neighborhood. Singing and eating good in the neighborhood. There you go. And That's, drinking too. We need a sponsor. Anybody? <laughs> no Applebee's. Plug us. Hook us. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm yes. Yeah, so I mean, I think Applebee's and the karaoke, and then I remember a bachelorette party at like a hotel bar. I think it was for my sister-in-law. Um, and so I didn't really have much experience as with going out and being in the that type of scene, a bar scene or a club scene. Um, but let me tell you, I quickly realized that those are some very friendly people, especially the men. Um, and that was a environment I started enjoying and probably definitely enjoyed it too much. So I'm going to take a pause in my story really quick because I want to talk about my weight. Um, and this is very relevant to what I'm what I'm speaking about. I have been very heavy my entire life. Um, towards the end of my second marriage, I was 366 pounds. Yep, I ate my feelings. I ate all of them. <laughs> Food was definitely a comfort for my life when it was falling apart. Um, so I had decided to get gastric bypass surgery. And back in 2007, uh, the type of surgery that they performed on me is actually considered a quite dangerous procedure now, and they no longer do it. Um, so at this point in my story, I am starting to get into the nightlife, and I've probably lost about 75 to 100 pounds. So I'm starting to get more attention from men that I have never, ever received before. So going out um, 
became so much fun for me and an escape, uh, escape from my life, escape from my failures. Nobody knew me. Nobody knew my family. Nobody knew what I'd been through. Nobody knew that I twice divorced with, you know, no kids and can't have kids and, you know, all the heartache and all things. I could be anybody I wanted. And so for the first time in my life that I can remember going out to this bar and club scene, I felt more welcome and accepted than any other social environments that I had been in. Hmm. I felt like I had finally found my people. Uh, people that accepted me, didn't judge me, and welcomed me. Now, they probably weren't the most healthiest people, let me be honest, because, you know, anytime you're in the bar or club scene, there's heavy drinking going on, and people aren't being as uh, upfront as <laughs> they probably would be when they're not drinking. So I spent the next few years getting deeper and deeper into the party scene, and honestly, guys, putting myself in some extremely dangerous situations at times. Um, I am so thankful that God did not give up on me and that God was still with me through all of that. I could sit here and tell you a ton of different stories that would probably rattle you of things that I did or things situations that I put myself into that now I see God's hand and how he never left me and he never forsaked me. He was with me because there are things I probably shouldn't be here to talk about today from some situations that I put myself into. Um, I wasn't honest or faithful in relationships with men. I had been so hurt that I wasn't interested in getting married again. I knew I couldn't have kids. So I really didn't want to settle down or be in a committed relationship for that matter. So in my mind, I thought all men are the same. I was done being hurt. You know, I guess you could say I was like, I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me type of situation. And um, I just definitely did not carry myself in the best way. So as I continued to lose weight and things got a little crazier and crazier in my behavior, uh, I got down to the skinniest I had ever been. Um, and to be honest with you, it's, it's kind of funny, but people that knew me heavy were starting to get worried. <laughs> they would be like, okay, are you okay? Like you're losing a lot of weight. I had a couple people tell me I look like a bobblehead. I had a skinny body and a big head. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> I have a big head. I can't really lose weight in my head. So, um, and it was, it was interesting. And people always were so excited about the exterior of how I was losing weight and wanted to talk about it, but nobody really knew the the things that were going on deep inside of me. Mm -hmm. So so let's back up a little bit. And when did you know you had to do something to, to get to get healthy? Of course, obviously you were physically the most healthy you had been, but everything else yeah. wasn't where it needed to be. Yeah. So like I said, in 2007, um, I had gastric. Uh, my weight had gotten so out of control that it was affecting affecting my life. My knees hurt, my back hurt. You know, it was uncomfortable to do like simple life activities. And I knew that I had to lose weight. Um, I thought that losing weight would make me healthy, quote unquote, but it actually made me more unhealthy than being morbidly obese, which is what I was when I had my surgery. Um, a lot of people think that being slim or being fit equals healthy. Um, and that was definitely not the case for me. Losing the weight opened up a door for so many unhealthy behaviors in my life. Uh, I believe what occurred in me is what we call a shift in addiction. 
I was no longer addicted to food because I couldn't be. My stomach was the size of an egg. So I, I didn't have that outlet. But now I became addicted to men. I became addicted to sex, to going out, to going on dates and getting attention from men I would never have gotten attention before or going on dates with men that I never thought I would get. I mean, Russell knows some of my funny stories of, you know, previous athletes that I started dating. Um, I was never really interested in them as a person. It was just to prove to myself that I could um, get someone that I would never be able to get at 366 pounds. Um, I honestly became a player, which is hilarious because people don't really see me that way. Um, but during that season of my life, I was a huge player. I would put on the nice girl, the wifey, as people want to say. Um, but I would hurt guy after guy. I wasn't interested in being committed and I wasn't remotely interested in setting settling down. So I was decided that I was going to live life and do me. And I never really planned ahead for longevity in as far as like my future. You know, I was so miserable. I didn't really intend on living a long life. I never thought about growing old or retirement. So like when you talk about those things with me now, it's difficult for me because for so long, I never dreamed of that. Yeah. Now it's just difficult because you got to imagine me driving you crazy for the next 50 oh years. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. And Pray I'm, for I'm, me. I'm committed to that. Pray for me. I'm committed to that. Um, you drive me crazy now. I can't imagine you old man driving me crazy because you got old man tendencies now. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I'm your old man. So yes, you old go. man. So, so it may be kind of obvious this next question, but where were you, um, you know, spiritually and emotionally at, at this time in your life? I was definitely the furthest away from God that I had ever been. But I will tell you, being raised in an evangelical in a church environment. I knew all the talking points. I could put on the most amazing show if I needed to. Um, and the same thing with pretending like I was interested in guys would be the same thing about pretending about my relationship with God. I became so good at performative. I was right. so performative. And I still to this day have to catch myself and say, are you doing this to perform for somebody? Are you doing this because this is what you want to be doing or what you should be doing? So I became the queen of putting on a show. Um, I completely neglected my emotional health. Um, I really cared less about myself and others. In the past, when life got too hard to handle, I would turn to God or fellowship with other Christians. But now in the situation that I'm in, I am choosing drinking, sex, and attention from men. Um, and that was really um, devastating on my spiritual and emotional health. So what was the, so what was the overall comprehensive toll after, you know, kind of a few years of this lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, this lifestyle definitely took a toll on me very, very much so. Um, but it started getting old and it started to become not fulfilling anymore. And I wanted to change. I wanted to get away from some of the people and places and circle of friends. Um, at the height of my wild days, as we want to call them, um, I was living in downtown Baltimore and I love Baltimore. I loved living in Baltimore. In fact, I would love to live there again, but I needed, um, a change. So, and I thought the best thing would be to move, to move away from the people, move away from the places, you know, and then everything would be better. So, um, I decided that I would move to Alexandria, Virginia. Um, I didn't really know anybody and it was my way of kind of getting away from the party scene and not, you know, being around all those people that would be like, you want to go out, you want to go out all the time. Um, and I started visiting some churches 
And I slowly was trying to find my way back to God. Um, I feel like this is probably a good place to stop because soon you are entering my story. Who? You. Really? Yes, sir. I'm back on time. I'm excited. <laughs> so I know this is a bit of a shorter episode, but I wanted to share this. Um, I am so super excited about our next episode where I really get to share, or we get to share, because I want you to have more of a part in that, uh -oh. um, share our love story and honestly how God used you to restore my heart and my faith. Mm. Well, ain't nothing wrong with uh, short and sweet. Yes. So, and we you know I think we're getting ready to get to some to some good stuff, mm -hmm. and, and certainly I think we're getting to pivot this podcast from being uh, you know completely narrative of your journey um, to to more reflective and thoughtful about some of the things that I know you've learned um, over the time we've been together and continue to learn yes. in in this more in this season of life that um, we think will be helpful to so many of you who are listening. So. But for today, to wrap us up, what are some words of encouragement you would give our audience? So I thought that a lot of my issues would go away when I lost weight, but it was in fact the opposite. I realized I had so many more issues to work with, I mean, to work through. Um, a lot of people think that losing weight makes everything better or, you know, getting married will fix all the brokenness in my life. And that is not the case for me. And it's not the case for most people. It actually amplifies issues and brings more junk to the surface. Um, if you have mental health issues before weight loss, you're going to have mental health issues when you are at your skinniest. Um, if you do not address those underlining issues, then they're just going to keep resurfacing. Um, I think we need to stop assuming that thin or skinny equals healthy. Um, I'm a firm believer that your mental health is just as important as a healthy weight. Um, I know plenty of people that put so much energy into exercise and weight control, but they are miserable and struggling with serious mental health issues. Um, I will share with you guys that we, me and my husband, are both firm believers that just like you have a yearly physical, that you should have a yearly mental health checkup. And in the same way that if you were to see your primary care physician and they say, you know what, I'm a little concerned about XYZ, I'm going to have you see a specialist for treatment. I think everybody should have a yearly mental health checkup. And if something is uncovered that needs to be addressed, then you continue with therapy and counseling. Um, and the last thing I'm going to leave you with is telling your story and speaking your truth is so freeing. Um, it takes away the power that others hold over your head. I have people in my life um, that have belittled me because of my past or use it to remind me of who you are, who you were, who you used to be. Um, and in doing this podcast, I'm really taking that power away from them. They can no longer gossip about me or tell stories that aren't true or make me feel bad because of these things I've gone through. So I am reclaiming my power. So if you're someone that is struggling with your past, take your power back, discuss it, talk about it, share with others, because that those people that are trying to hurt you can no longer hold that over your head. So... Thanks for listening. I am super excited for yes. our next episode. Yes. Don't, don't suffer in silence. Don't live in shame. Yes. And, and, you know, physical health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health. We're all journeying unto God Amen. to get healthy. So we have to engage and do the work. And so uh, a wonderful encouragement. And I know I, know you inter I interrupted you, but I wanted to add okay. something to Go that. 
And you said you're excited for the next episode. I am so excited for our next episode. Right. We get to Who start sharing about our story. Third time's a charm, I guess. Huh? It is. Uh, yes. We'll see. 50 years, we'll see. And Russell we'll see. is my Boaz. And I'm going to share all about that. Sometimes just the, the last two letters. But anyway. <laughs> 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 On that note, I hope you guys got some laughter yeah. out of this short episode. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening Thank to Progress Over Perfection. Bye, guys.